You may be seated, and if you have your Bible, go to Genesis chapter 24. We welcome you all to the house of the Lord tonight. Le damos la bienvenida a la casa del Señor esta noche. Genesis capítulo 24. Continuing our study from last week, the Lord gave us a word as a church a few weeks ago, something that he confirmed in my spirit a few weeks before that, and uh, he used Brother Jesse to confirm it even some more, and they were calling it the camel train of God's provision. How many of you have something you need from God? Oh, I think I think you didn't you're being modest. How many of you have something you need from God? That's what I thought. We all have something we need God to provide and tonight we're going to look again at this beautiful account of God's provision. And it's a story we find in Genesis chapter 24. We'll begin at verse 1 and we'll read a few verses and then we will Began where we left off last week. The scripture says, Now Abraham was old, this is verse 1, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Say that with me, blessed in every way. All right, now I want you to know that that's God's will for your life. So say this with me, it's God's will for me to be blessed in every way. Right now, it's going to take some of you a few weeks to really believe that. So you started last week because we get we get taught sometimes that God is uh, out to get us, that he's mad at us, that he is an angry old man in heaven with a big stick. Right. And God is not an angry old man in heaven. He is a good God and a faithful God. And he wants his people to be blessed in every way. A veces tenemos la imagen de Dios que él es un ancianito en el cielo con un palo grande dispuesto a pegarnos en cualquier momento que está enojado y que no quiere nada que ver con nosotros. Ese no es el Dios de la Biblia. Nuestro Dios es un Dios bueno. Y dice su palabra que Abraham fue bendecido en todas maneras. Y tenemos que comenzar a creer que Dios quiere que seamos bendecidos en todas maneras. How many of you memorized 3 John chapter 1 verse 2? Anybody? Oh, we're rusty. All right, Brother Jesse, go ahead and quote that for us. All right, that's close. Anyone else? Third John, chapter 1, there's only one chapter, verse 2. My beloved, I wish that in every respect you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. All right, and we said last week that Abraham had, he was old, and he had a son who was the heir of the promise of God. Abraham estaba anciano y tenía un hijo el cual era el heredor de las promesas de Dios. But Isaac was not married. Isaac no era casado. And so 
in the culture of the day, Abraham sends his servant Eleazar to find a wife for Isaac. Those of you who are not married and want to be, just be glad that you get to choose who she is or who he is. Because in, in Isaac's case, these were arranged marriages. Y Abraham estando anciano envía a su siervo Eleazar a preparar una esposa para su hijo Isaac. So Eleazar, the servant, goes to the land of, Aaron, of Abraham's origin to find a wife for Isaac. Abraham envía a Eleazar a buscar una esposa para Isaac. So let's keep reading. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge over all he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live, but you will go to my country and my relatives and take a wife for Isaac, my son. And the servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to this land. Should I take your son back to, to the land from where you came? And Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying to your descendants, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, that you will be free from this oath. Only do not take my son back. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master, and he set out with a variety of good things in his master's in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he came, the camels, to kneel down outside the city by the wall of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord, my God, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I pray that you would anoint the preaching and the teaching of the word and anoint the hearing of this congregation. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. Now, I mentioned last week that Abraham is a type of God the Father. And Isaac is a type of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the Father has sent into the world the Holy Spirit to prepare a bride for Christ. Who's the bride? Who's the bride? The church. We are the bride of Christ. He dicho que Abraham representa al Padre. Es un tipo en el Antiguo Testamento del Padre, el cual ha enviado al Espíritu Santo al mundo para preparar una novia, una esposa para su hijo Jesús. Y usted y yo somos esa novia. We are that bride. And the picture that God has for us is this, that everything that the church needs to do the will of God has been provided by God. I need to hear an amen tonight. Todo lo que Dios, todo lo que la iglesia necesita para cumplir los propósitos de Dios ha sido provisto por el Espíritu Santo, ha sido provisto por Dios. Now we see that Eleazar goes out to find this bride for Isaac. He goes out with these specific instructions. 
But he needs to be very sure that he finds the right woman. And so last week we said that the camel train of God's provision was on a collision course with this woman named Rebecca. El, el tren de cameos, la provisión de Dios iba en el mismo camino para hacer un choque con la vida de Rebecca. And what Rebecca needed to do was she needed to be faithful where she was. She needed to be in position so that she could come into contact with the purpose of God. Rebecca tenía que estar en el puesto apropiado, en el lugar apropiado para tener este encuentro con el destino de ella. And so God's word to us last week was stay in position. Say that with me. Stay in position. A lot of times we miss opportunities because we don't stay in our God-ordained spot. A veces perdemos oportunidades porque no permanecemos donde Dios nos quiere, donde, nos, donde Dios nos tiene. And many times this comes because we get tired of waiting. It comes because we get tired of being faithful. It comes because we get tired of planting seed. It comes because we get tired of praying. And just when that moment is coming, we move out of the spot where God wants to bless us. So I want to warn you against impatience tonight. Rebecca is on a collision course with her purpose and with God's provision for her life. But she needs to stay right where God wants her to be. And, and this is what Eleazar does. On the one hand, Eleazar is praying. On the other hand, Rebecca is working. She's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Eleazar begins, and he, we learned a principle last week, and that is the principle of specific prayer. He begins to pray, and he prays a specific prayer. Eleazar comienza a orar, y él ora, lo que dijimos la semana pasada, es un principio de la oración específica. How many of you pray specific prayers? Or do you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, bless me today. And the Lord's saying, you know, there's about 8,000 blessings in the Bible. Which one do you want? We are very general sometimes, and God likes a specific prayer because he likes to get specific glory. When God answers a specific prayer, you have no way to go but to say, God did this. Cuando Dios escucha una oración específica, Él da una respuesta específica y cuando eso ocurre, Él recibe la gloria. I want to share a story. I hope you won't mind if I share this story, Brother George. Is this all right? All right. Brother George asked for a specific sign the other day. He asked that a red Mustang, he didn't ask the Lord to give him a red Mustang, but he asked for a red Mustang as a sign for something that I'm not going to tell you about because It's none of our business, but um, he says that when he came up to the intersection, there was a what Mustang? A red, a red Mustang. And he felt God saying to him, you see? I'm at work here. When I pray, I try to be as specific as possible. And we learned this last week that God wants us to make specific prayers. Eleazar prays a specific prayer. The first thing he says is, Lord, 
grant me success. Now, I'm just doing a review of last week. But what I told you last week is that God wants you to succeed. Say that with me. God wants me to succeed. It feels good, doesn't it? To know that God is not out for your failure. He's out for your success. La oración de Eliazar es, Señor, dame éxito. Y le dije la semana pasada que Dios quiere que nosotros tengamos éxito. He wants us to prosper. Él quiere que prosperemos. That's why I gave you that memory verse. But you're going to work on this week, right? Por eso le di ese texto para que memorizaran la tercera de Juan, capítulo 1, verso 2. Mis hermanos, deseo que en todas las cosas prosperen y estén en buena salud, así como tu alma prospera. My beloved, I wish that you would be in every respect, that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Why? God wants us to succeed. He hasn't given you a, an, an assignment so you could fail at it. He's given us an assignment so that we could succeed for his glory. Dios nos ha dado una, una comisión para que nosotros tengamos éxito y podamos uh, lograr lo que él tiene para nosotros. Now, Eliezer prays like this. He says, Lord, when I get to the well, close to where this, these families are that I have to choose a girl from, I pray that the girl who lets down her jar off of her head and to whom I say, give me a drink, and when I say, give me a drink, she will say to me, yes, sir, I'll give you a drink, and I'll also water your camels. That's a pretty specific prayer, isn't it? He didn't say, Lord, I'm going to show up at this well. Show me the girl. He gives God some specifics, and guess what? When God answers this prayer, here comes Rebecca. She has no clue. You guys, we have no clue what God is about doing. I said, we have no clue. Rebecca comes to the well. She has her jar in her head and Eliezer says to her, can I have a drink? She lets down her jar and says, yes, sir. And while you drink, let me water your camels also. You could just hear Eliezer's <laughs> She's the one. He had made a specific request, and now he's getting a very specific answer. Here's what I, want, I told you last week. Rebecca spoke. She had no idea that as she spoke, she was literally speaking God's will into her life. Because she said the very words that had been requested by Eliezer. What you and I say, and I've been teaching you about this the last few weeks, what you and I say is extremely important. So you need to align your, your mouth with the will of God. Eliezer ve la mujer, le dice, dame de beber, y ella dice, sí, señor, y conforme la oración de Eliezer, ella dice, y mientras tomas tú le voy a dar agua a tus cameos. Y cuando ocurre eso, Eliezer sabe, Dios ha oído mi oración. 
Y ella cuando habla no sabe que está para tener un encuentro con su propósito divino. Y ella cuando abre la boca habla y dice lo que es la voluntad de Dios para su vida. Así que es tan importante lo que usted y yo decimos. Y tenemos que alinear nuestra boca con la voluntad de Dios. Let's pray a little prayer real quick. Say this with me. Lord, help me align my mouth with your will. All right. Say amen. Okay, now that's a specific prayer. And we all need it. Because you know how little it takes to open your mouth and get into trouble, right? We need to... We need to know God's word, have it in our heart, and when we speak, speak the word of God. Rebecca is literally speaking her provision into existence. It's already God's will for her to have it. She's now coming into alignment with the will of God. Rebecca está literalmente provocando la provisión de Dios a su vida porque ella está diciendo con su boca lo que ya es la voluntad de Dios para ella. All right, so that's the first thing I shared with you last time was the principle of specific prayer. If you can, write your prayers down and be specific about it. Sea específico con Dios. God wants to give us specific answers to specific prayers. All right, here's the second principle. In order to receive the camel train of God's provision, number one, we must pray specific prayers. Number two, we must practice the principle of immediate obedience. El segundo principio para que llegue la provisión de Dios a nuestra vida, tenemos que practicar el principio de obediencia inmediata. Say that with me, immediate obedience. Now, Eleazar, he says to Rebecca, after he had a little camp meeting service by himself, he has found the girl. The Bible said he fell on his knees and began to worship God. When you get a specific answer to prayer, you will fall on your knees and worship God, won't you? He says, take me back to your home. So they take her. He takes, uh, he, he goes with her to her home. And, and uh, he, he says to To her mother and to her older brother, this is, this is what happened. I prayed this way. Abraham sent me. She answered just the way I asked God for it to happen. And now I want to take her back with me so that she can marry uh, my master Isaac. And, and um, older brother says, well, how about you give her 10 days to think about it? Let's delay this a little bit. Eliazar va a la casa de Rebeca y, y explica la situación Dice yo me la quiero llevar de regreso a la casa de Abraham Para que ella se case con Isaac Y el hermano mayor de Rebeca le dice ¿Por qué no le das 10 días para que ella ore? O para que ella lo piense Give her 10 days to think about it Now here's the principle of immediate obedience because you see most often when you do not obey immediately you will never obey. Normalmente si no obedecemos inmediatamente 
no obedecemos. Now this can get real sticky for us tonight. Because delayed obedience is literally disobedience. Cuando, the, cuando prolongamos la obediencia, estamos desobedeciendo. If you say to your child, take out the trash, and they take it out a week from Thursday, have they obeyed you? No. Well, they, they did it. But you have a certain t schedule you're on, don't you? And when God says for us to do something, and we delay in obe obeying him, we are holding back our provision. Cuando Dios habla y no obedecemos, estamos prolongando nuestra provisión. Si usted le dice al hijo, saca la basura y él la saca en una semana, él no lo ha obedecido. Y a veces cuando no obedecemos inmediatamente, detenemos la provisión. I just wonder how many times I have missed out on God's provision because I waited. You might be in church one day, the Lord says, I want you to give a $100 offering. Ever happened to you? God hasn't spoken to you on that level yet. Say amen if that has happened to you. Now, if you give yourself any time at all, you'll talk yourself out of it, won't you? Or maybe God says, I want you to give a $1,000 offering. Now, Lord, give me 10 days to pray on that. I got to know it's you. Si el Señor le dice, dame una ofrenda de 100 dólares. Y usted se detiene, usted va a perder esa oportunidad. O si le dice, dame una ofrenda de mil, usted dice, dame unos diez días para pensarlo, por lo menos porque esta es una decisión grande. Let me just tell you this. The devil doesn't tell you to give thousand dollar offerings. He doesn't even tell you to give hundred dollar offerings. The devil won't even tell you to give a hundred, uh, one dollar offering. El diablo no es el que le va a decir, da una ofrenda de 100 dólares. Ni un dólar le va a pedir. Pero a veces detenemos la provisión cuando no obedecemos inmediatamente. We hold back our provision when we don't obey immediately. When we don't say to God, God, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it quick. Listen to this. Obedience produces spiritual growth. You notice this in your own life. Every time you've obeyed God, you grew a little, didn't you? Or maybe you grew a lot. Disobedience does not produce spiritual growth. But obedience produces spiritual growth. La obediencia produce crecimiento espiritual. Si usted no obedece, no crece. So I just gave you a reason why some people have never grown up spiritually. Because they have not learned to obey God. I asked a young man in this church some time ago, uh, how are you doing? And he just gave his life to Christ. He said, Pastor, I'm working and working and tithing and tithing. And I thought, well, that is, 
that's great. This guy's only known the Lord a few months, and already he's obeying God on a level that some people who've been in church a long time have not learned to obey God. And until you do, you won't grow in that area. How many of you want to grow? So immediate obedience. La obediencia inmediata. Sometimes the Lord may say, go over and, and tell that person about me. Go over and witness to that person. Go over and pray for them. Tell, tell them that uh, you felt that you needed to pray for them. And you say, Lord, I don't even know them. When I was in college, my friend Andrew and I, we were at IHOP. We don't have an IHOP in, in Beeville, but you guys know what it is, right? We went to IHOP because they had a, an endless cup of coffee. So you could study there all night long and never run out of coffee. And so he said to me, Isaac, he said, the Lord told me to go tell that lady, uh, to go give a message to that lady over there. I said, all right, Andrew, you go do that. I will wait for you in the car. Estaba en, el, en, el, en un restaurante con un amigo y dijo, Isaac, tengo un mensaje para esa mujer. Dije, está bueno, ve y dáselo y yo te espero en el carro. I was God's man of faith and power. He went and began to talk to her. Él fue a comen comenzó a hablar con ella y ella comenzó a llorar. She started crying. I said, oh, great, Andrew made her cry. And when he came over to the Jeep, he got in the Jeep, he said, I said, how did it go? He said, um, that lady said she was considering suicide tonight. And I just went over and gave her this simple message that God gave to me. Immediate obedience. Immediate obedience. Obediencia inmediata. Older brother says to Rebecca, take 10 days to think about it. And Eleazar says, I need you to make a decision. And you know what Rebecca said? She said, I will go. Right now, I'm ready to go. God is looking for an I will go bride. For his son. Dios está buscando una esposa para su hijo, como Rebeca, que cuando le dijeron, toma diez días para pensarlo, ella dijo, no, yo iré ya. Estoy lista ya. I am ready now. Do you know, church, that Jesus is coming for a church, for a bride that is ready to go? Jesús viene por una, una esposa, una iglesia que está lista. When he comes in the, when, when Christ comes in the rapture for his church, there's not going to be a 10-day waiting period. There's going to be a ready or not. Cuando Jesús venga por su iglesia, él no va a dar 10 días. Es listo ahora. Él busca esa, esa esposa lista. He's looking for that bride that is ready to obey quickly. That has grown up because of obedience to God. Listen, church, God won't promote you above the level of your character. Dios no te va a promover más allá que el carácter que tú tienes. 
If you have a disobedient character, you are going to stop your ability to be promoted. Si tú tienes un carácter desobediente a Dios, tú no, no vas a poder ser promovido más allá que un cierto nivel. How many of you like promotions? Well, promotions from God, first of all, promotion comes from the Lord. And second of all, promotion is given to those who have right character before God. So you, if you're not, if you're not practicing immediate obedience, start tonight. When God speaks to you, obey him. Obey him quickly. And if there are some things in his word that you're not obeying, then go put those things into action. Don't delay on them because God wants to bless you in every way. Are you seeing now why sometimes provision doesn't come? Ahora podemos ver por qué a veces la provisión no viene. No porque Dios no pueda o porque Dios no quiera, pero porque no obedecemos. Sometimes our provision gets held up when we do not obey God. All right, I'm going to move on because you guys are getting kind of nervous and really quiet. So I think my work there is done. Okay, I'm going to, going to leave you on that. Third principle, are you ready? First, we said there's the principle of what? Specific prayer. Second is the principle of immediate Obedience. Primero el principio de oración específica. Segundo el principio de la obediencia inmediata. Number three, the principle of perfect provision. Número tres es el principio de la provisión perfecta. Say that with me. Perfect provision. Now only ten of you said it that time. So we're going to try that again. Say that with me. Perfect Provision. I want you to notice there are 10 camels in this camel train. The number 10 is significant in the Bible for a number of reasons. Hay 10 camels, los cual Dios, los cual Abraham envía a Rebeca, 10 camels. Ese número 10 significa algo muy importante en la Biblia. First of all, the number 10, it, it's two fives, isn't it? And the number five is the number of grace. So the number ten is double grace. El número diez son dos cincos. El número cinco representa la gracia. John chapter one says that from Christ, from his fullness, we have all received and grace upon grace. Dice Juan capítulo 1 que de su, de su plenitud todos hemos recibido gracia sobre gracia. So God's provision is a gracious provision. La provisión de Dios es una provisión de gracia. Grace upon grace. Raise your hand if you have received grace upon grace. Every one of us has received grace upon grace. Cada uno de nosotros ha recibido gracia sobre gracia. Over and over again, we receive the grace of God. Día tras día, Dios nos da su gracia. 
And that uh, overabundance of his grace is his act of love and mercy toward us. What is grace? It's God's unmerited favor. You say, preacher, what do you mean? This is what I mean. You and I were born sinners. We're born outside of the family of God. We were born slaves to sin and as such condemned to eternal separation from God. We were born in the bondage of sin and therefore what you and I needed has been provided in Jesus Christ our Savior. So that those who were slaves are now free. And that those who were in bondage have now been liberated. Those who were abused have been healed. Those who were wounded have been restored. Those who were broken have been made whole. And we have received grace upon grace. So this is a perfect provision. La provisión de Dios es una provisión de gracia perfecta. Dios nos ha dado gracia sobre gracia, una provisión Perfecta. But the number 10 is also God's number of perfect government. Número 10 nos habla de un, de el, uh, el número de un gobierno perfecto when it comes to finances. When, when you, cuando hablamos de las finanzas, el número que Dios usa para significar una provisión completa es el número 10. How much of the Tie, how much of the whole belongs to God? I already gave you the answer. The, the what? The tenth. ¿Qué parte del, del total le pertenece a Dios? ¿Cuál, ¿Cuál parte? El diezmo. So when God uses number ten, he's talking about financial provision. Now, I believe this camel train has all the provision of the church. I told you last week that the camel train is the gifts of the Spirit. But I want to, I want to deal tonight with the fact that this camel train is God's perfect financial provision. So listen, God is perfect in what he provides. Say amen. God is perfect in what he provides. Dios es perfecto en lo que él provee. Now, I'm going to just sit on that for a little bit because I need you to hear it. Say it with me. God is perfect in what he provides. Now, that means that if you thought you needed this much and he only gave you that much, then his provision is perfect. Cuando decimos que Dios es perfecto en lo que Él provee, eso significa que a veces pensamos, yo no necesito tanto así y Dios te da tanto así. Y cuando nos da tanto así, decimos, no me proveo todo, pero la realidad es que Él nos proveó lo perfecto. So when we ask for this much and we think we need that much, He gives us that much, and then we're tempted to complain and say, but, but, but it's not all that I needed. God says, I am perfect in what I provide. Are you with me? I know you're sort of struggling to get that because you're like, I, I, want it, I want it to be different, Pastor. 
You see, sometimes we don't have enough because we don't administer well what God has perfectly provided. A veces no administramos bien lo que Dios nos da perfectamente. All right, here's another statement. God is perfect in what he does not provide. Church got real quiet all of a sudden. Dios es perfecto en lo que no provee. Has God ever not provided something? Yes, yes. Sometimes you ask God for something and he didn't provide it. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever prayed for something you thought you couldn't live without and God did not provide it? And now you can look back and you know, thank God. He did not give me what I wanted. I'll give you an uh, illustration. Uh, a governor was taking a tour of the insane asylum. Un gobernador iba, le estaban dando un repase por un hospital para personas enfermas mentalmente. And on the first floor, he saw a man rocking back and forth saying, Lulu, Lulu. Estaba un hombre diciendo, Lulu, Lulu. And then he said, what's wrong with this guy? He said, well, Lulu didn't marry him. Dijo, bueno, Lulu no se quiso casar con él. He got up to the third floor where the serious cases were. And uh, llegaron al tercer piso donde estaban los casos más graves. Y había otro que decía, Lulu, Lulu. And on the third floor, a guy was saying, Lulu, Lulu. He said, what's wrong with him? He said, that's the guy Lulu didn't marry So if God didn't provide it, it might be all right. Si Dios no te lo dio, vas a estar bien. God is perfect in what he does not provide. Dios es perfecto en lo que no provee. We get into our little zone sometime and we just won't let it go. And God is saying to us, if I haven't given it to you, it's because I don't want you to have it. Because if you have it, it might ruin you. If you have it, it might have you. And we have to come to terms with that. Tenemos que llegar a saber que Dios es perfecto en lo que no permite. En lo que no nos da. Sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? God is perfect in what he allows. But he's also perfect in what he does not allow. Dios es perfecto en lo que él permite. And this, this cuts both ways. Sometimes God permits great things that we think are um, Wonderful and, and blessings. And then God permits hard times too, doesn't he? When you go through a storm and you need to think about it and say, God is perfect in what he allows. I'm, I'm really talking about the sovereignty of God tonight. 
Estoy hablando de la soberanía de Dios Dios es perfecto en lo que Él permite A veces permite cosas que usted y yo decimos son bendiciones A veces Él permite cosas que lloramos Porque es una tempestad, una prueba amarga Y decimos Señor ¿Por qué permitiste esto? Y tenemos que realizar que Dios es perfecto en lo que Él permite And if, if you're like me and you've ever lost a loved one or you've been in that kind of a situation where you have asked God for mercy, you've asked God to intervene, and God said, I'm going to do this a different way. It's, sometimes it's hard to accept, but God is perfect in what he allows And he's perfect in what he does not allow. So I want you to notice that the camel train of God's provision is perfect provision. El, el, la provisión de Dios es una provisión perfecta. I'm going to go through these quickly real quick. God is God in what you have. Say that, say that with me. God is God. And what I have. Everything you and I have is God's. Dios es Dios en lo que tenemos. Dios es Dios en lo que no tenemos. God is God in what you have. And God is God in what you don't have. Dios es Dios en lo que no tenemos también. God is God in what we've gained. And God is God in what we've lost. Dios es Dios en lo que hemos ganado. Y Dios es Dios en lo que no hemos ganado. God is God in what I will have. Dios es Dios en lo que voy a tener. So the bottom line here is that there, when it comes to This principle of perfect provision, it's really a matter of faith. And saying, God, I trust your judgment. I trust your provision. Cuando hablamos de esto, este principio de perfecta provisión, estamos diciendo, Señor, yo tengo confianza en tu provisión perfecta. The psalmist said it like this. He said, the lines have fallen to me. In pleasant places. Dijo el salmista. Las fronteras han caído para mí. En lugares deleitosos. Now let me explain that to you real quick. When the, when the nation of Israel came into the promised land. Joshua divided up the land. As the spirit led him. And he drew lines. Boundaries. And so every person who was an heir was received an inheritance and their inheritance was marked out and say look from this from this creek to that mountain and from that mountain to that hill over there that's all yours that's your inheritance and the psalmist would say the lines of my inheritance have fallen in pleasant places now that meant that I might have I might have inherited something That I didn't want. I might have inherited some stony ground. 
I might have inherited a dry creek bed. I might have inherited a gold mine. And when it comes to you and I, God has drawn out the inheritance that he has for us. And, and you and I have to come to, to the fact where we can say, the lines that God has drawn around my life are pleasant. They're good. Now, it might look like the grass is greener on that side. But this is what God gave me. And guess what? That guy over there, he's thinking the same thing about you. So the provision principle, this principle of perfect provision is the principle of contentment. Ese principio de perfecta provisión es el principio de contentamiento. Estar contento con lo que Dios nos ha dado. To be content with what God has given to us. And when we pray, when we ask things of God, we pray with expectancy that He is going to do all of those things. You don't know where the boundaries are of your life. Here's my prayer for you. Someday, every one of us is going to come to the last day of our life. Someday, every one of us is going to come to the boundary line. The Lord said that he has drawn the line and no man can go past it. That's it. When you get to that spot that God has designed for you, that'll be that. Here's my prayer for you, that when you get there, you will not look back and say, I should have. I wasted. I misused. My prayer for you is that you will say, I'm ready to go. And you'll be able to walk across that line knowing that everything that God gave you, you enjoyed and you lived and you experienced God and God's blessing and God's provision out of contentment. And that you experienced successes and that you experienced the a recovery of some failures and that you got up when you fell and that you saw that God's provision was perfect. And when, and when there are things that you've lost that you'll be able to say, God was God over those things. And things that you've gained, you'll be able to say God was God on that too. And things that you are praying for right now that are being delayed, you can say God is God in my delay. And prayers that God answered immediately, that you would say God is God in the things that came to my hand quickly. Because he's God. And his provision is perfect. Perfect.